Good morning. We are live. Um, I'm really excited to do this live video this morning because um, I know this is a topic that many of you um, have been very interested about. Um, and it definitely is a very common um, issue or disease that a lot of women seem to um, deal with or and there's a few little misconceptions I guess surrounding endometriosis but before we go into it if you haven't seen my face in this group yet and you're new my name's Brooke um, I am the founder of Lovey Guts and I am very passionate about gut health and you may pick up that I have a very bad habit of saying um. um. I know a few women have picked up on that and I am trying my best to deal with it and I've told myself that I'm going to listen to this video back and count how many times I say um and I have to do that many push-ups so we'll see how we go. Um, oh well there you go, <laughs> that's one. Okay. So let's get straight into it. I have a few questions um, that I've kind of made and a lot of women have asked these questions, so I'm going to use them as a bit of a guideline. But let's start with simply what is endometriosis? And we can kind of define it as an uh, immune issue or it is um, an inflammatory disease. Um, and it is affected by hormones, but primarily endo is an inflammatory disease, possibly a microbial disease, and you'll understand that a little bit as we go deeper. Um, and currently, research is trying to figure out if endometriosis is in fact an autoimmune disease, because there are many, many similarities between endometriosis and other autoimmune issues that we know are autoimmune diseases. So what it isn't, and this is where a few misconceptions kind of come into play, but it definitely isn't like other period problems. Um, it is not a hormonal condition like PCOS or PMS. Um, and I know a lot of people treat endometriosis as a hormonal um, condition where it's not. It's um, influenced by hormones, but it's not a hormonal condition. Um, and it is best defined as an inflammatory disease. Um, so what is it? It's where little uh, tissue starts to grow throughout the pelvis structure and most commonly on the ovaries. And we see lesions as such um, throughout the pelvic structure, maybe on fallopian tubes, on the ovaries, and this is what defines endometriosis. Um, and it is these, I just said, um, I'm sorry. It is these lesions that are hormone sensitive. So this is why we can say endometriosis is um, a condition that's sensitive to hormones, but it's not a hormonal condition. So the lesions that grow throughout the pelvic structure are hormone sensitive 
And so when we approach our menstrual cycle and we get that surge of estrogen, um, this, the lesions tend to swell and bleed and this is what causes that um, severe pain and heavy bleeding that is associated with endometriosis. So that's a bit of the background, um, but I just want to clarify that yes, endometriosis is sensitive to hormones, so it's sensitive to that menstrual cycle and that estrogen surge, but we cannot say that it is a hormonal condition um, and we cannot say that the imbalance of hormones or whatever that may look like is causing endometriosis. So this is why um, the typical treatment for endometriosis, such as you might know this is going on the pill, you get placed on the pill, um, you get hormone replacement treatment, you get hormone balancing treatment, these typical treatments for endometriosis are the wrong tools and they're not correct in treating the actual development or cause of endometriosis. And you may see a relief in, in symptoms because they are influencing hormones, but they're kind of like a band-aid that you're putting on this disease and they're not treating the actual issue. Um, so let's move on. So I've defined what endometriosis is. And if you do have any questions, please pop them in the comments, um, the comments below, and I will do my best to answer them. Even if you want to watch this video back, um, feel free to comment questions throughout the day, whenever it is convenient for you. So my next question is, do hormones affect endometriosis? And I kind of just answered this a little bit, but I'm going to say, yes, they affect it. Endometriosis, the lesions and tissue that um, is endometriosis is sensitive to hormones. And again, this is when we go through our menstrual cycle, we get that estrogen surge, the lesions then swell and bleed. So it is definitely sensitive to hormones, but it's not a hormone condition. We now know endometriosis as an immune dysfunction and inflammatory disease and very similar to autoimmune diseases. Um, so that was just really quick and brief. Next question, why is endo considered, I'm going to abbreviate endometriosis to endo. Um, why is endo considered an immune dysfunction and potentially an autoimmune disease? So this is where you have to bear with me just a little bit. Try and follow me. Um, if you get lost, I'll maybe try and make up a graph or something. Um, I'll draw something down and, and post a picture later because it's very easy to understand on paper. But I'll try and explain this to you through video. So why is endo considered an immune dysfunction? Firstly, let's define what immune dysfunction is. Um, and really simply put, uh, it prevents the immune system from doing its job. So the, normally the immune system would um, pick up on the lesions or the tissue that's occurring in the pelvic structure and um, clear those up. But when we have um, 
a compromised immune system or immune dysfunction, it doesn't do this job and it actually can promote the growth and proliferation of these lesions. Um, and I'll tell you why. So what's causing immune dysfunction? So research suggests that there are three likely causes of immune dysfunction. And just remember this immune dysfunction is um, causing the proliferation of the lesions and tears that is endometriosis. So we need to ask what is causing immune dysfunction. Um, and it can be genetics. Genetics can be at play in um, a compromised immune system. Um, probably more significant is epigenetics, which these are the, the guys that are influenced by lifestyle um, and environmental toxins, things like that. So we can change these, which is really cool. Um, and then the third one, which is specific to endometriosis, is the presence of bacterial toxins in the pelvis. And it's these bacterial toxins that we link the gut to. So this is where we get to our gut health and how that plays in with endometriosis. So that moves us into the next question. How does gut health influence endometriosis? So we know that women with endometriosis have an increased, a higher level of those bacteria toxins in their pelvis. And these bacteria toxins are known as gram-negative bacteria. So women with endometriosis have a higher number of gram-negative bacteria in their pelvic region. Um, and we can call that our pelvic microbiome. So now our gut comes into play because we need to ask the question, why do we have an increased number of these bacterial toxins? And the most likely solution and what research is showing is that the gut is actually translocating the bacteria toxins from the gut down into the pelvis. So the toxins originally are in our gut microbiome and they're being translocated down into our pelvis. And remember, an increase of these bacterial toxins in our pelvis is seen in every woman with endometriosis. So another question that arises is how do we have these bacterial toxins in our gut to begin with? And this is where issues like SIBO and leaky gut and any kind of gut permeability is causing these bacterial toxins. So SIBO is an increased growth, um, increased bacteria overgrowth in the small intestine, and that causes gut permeability. And then we have other toxins that are causing leaky gut. So our gut is translocating these bacterial toxins down into our pelvic region and causing and causing the development of endometriosis. So we can see how our gut health and how our digestive system could potentially be at the root of endometriosis. So the gram-negative bacteria toxins that we see in our pelvis, our pelvic region, 
um, that is increased in women with endometriosis. These kind of let off a toxin known as lipopolysaccharides. Please bear with me here. So lipopolysaccharides, um, we'll abbreviate them to LPS, and I have mentioned these in quite a few um, videos in the past because lipopolysaccharides stimulate our immune cells and they stimulate that inflammatory um, response from our body. And this is where immune dysfunction is created. So the reason why endometriosis is being compared to autoimmune diseases because it doesn't matter what autoimmune disease there is anywhere in the body, we always see an increase in these lipopolysaccharides, which then causes this immune cell response, which then causes our inflammatory response. So we can see and compare how similar endometriosis, which is causing that immune cell response in our pelvic region, is very similar from any other autoimmune disease that is also causing that immune cell response and immune dysfunction. And it all comes back to the increase of those lipopolysaccharides, which are let off by the gram-negative bacteria toxins, which are moved to our pelvic region from our gut. So gut at the top, moves the gram-negative bacteria down into our pelvic region, lets off the lipopolysaccharides, which then triggers our immune response, our inflammatory response, immune dysfunction, and autoimmune disease. So you can see how they're very comparable. So hopefully you followed along with that, and I will do up a little graph so you can better understand this. But I'm not saying that bacteria directly causes endometriosis, but I am saying that these bacteria toxins drive the development of the endometriosis. It drives the development of those lesions. It drives the development of the tissue that grows outside our, on our ovaries, things like that. And it causes that immune dysfunction. and immune dysfunction in the body causes proliferation of those lesions of the tissues that is endometriosis. So you can see how the gut and the immune system are so, so involved in endometriosis, much more than hormonal imbalances. Um, so this is why when you treat endometriosis with the pill or hormonal treatment, you're not really, it's the wrong tool. You're not really treating endometriosis, but rather you're just putting a Band-Aid on it. So in summary, the likely scenario of endometriosis is a mix of, um, you have the presence of those endometrial lesions to begin with, you have immune dysfunction um, or a compromised immune system. 
which can be from genetics, it can be from epigenetics, um, which is strongly linked to lifestyle. Um, you have the natural surge of estrogen, which then um, causes the lesions to swell and bleed. That's a part of endometriosis. I'm not denying that hormones are a part of it, um, but that's a natural surge of estrogen. So it's not the right treatment plan um, to treat endometriosis with hormonal replacement therapy. Um, and the, then the increase of the gram-negative bacteria toxins in our pelvic region and the increase of those LPS toxins, the lipopolysaccharides toxins. So when we talk about treatment and you look at those four, so not those four things I just mentioned, endometrial lesions, immune dysfunction, the bacteria toxins, increase in bacteria toxins, and the natural surge of estrogen, the two that are so easily treated, well, not easily, the two that can be treated effectively are our immune dysfunction, treating, strengthening our immune system and calming that whole inflammatory response down. And the second one is reducing the number of those gram-negative bacteria and how do we do that? Where are they coming from? The gut. So we, we want to look at our gut health. We want to look at our immune health. So when I hear endometriosis, I automatically want to treat and want to look at gut health and want to look at immune, our immune system and treat those things first. They're my primary, primary treatment path. Secondary treatment can go down a different route, and I won't go into that, but primary treatment are the things that we can actually change. So when we talk about immune system, we talk about, um, we want to talk about how do we strengthen our immune system um, and how do we calm down the inflammatory responses that is caused from our immune system. Uh, we want to, it's, it's all to do with lifestyle and nutrition. So you want to make sure you're eating um, nutrition that can strengthen your immune system and that's so simple as decreasing inflammatory foods um, and I know that it's very controversial at the moment but the protein in gluten the protein in dairy which is casein those typically cause inflammation in an inflammation response in the immune system so it makes sense to reduce these at the start to decrease that inflammatory response. And then we look at gut health, of course, and we look at, you know, do you have markers of SIBO? Is there gut permeability? Is there leaky gut going on? And these can be treated by um, trying to repair the gut lining and repair leaky gut trying to make a really beautiful microbiome through lifestyle, um, stress, reducing toxins, reducing inflammatory foods, movement, sleep, all of these factors come into play when we're trying to treat endometriosis. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't want to overwhelm you too much, but 
this is um, something I'm really passionate about and whenever I think of endometriosis and I think um, what the most efficient treatment plan is first, um, that's quite easy to incorporate and isn't invasive, is first looking at lifestyle. So first looking at stress, first looking at environmental toxins, first looking at nutrition um, and trying to influence um, your gut and your immune system through those lifestyle factors. Um, and then as we strengthen our immune system, we can then get that immune response that we want to try and reduce the lesions and the tears that is present in endometriosis. Um, so I guess essentially we're trying to reverse that immune dysfunction um, that proliferates those lesions and, and tissues in the pelvic region. And also we want to repair our gut and digestive system so we can reduce the amount of those gram-negative bacteria toxins in the gut and therefore in the pelvic region. So I'm going to leave it at that because I think I've covered most of those questions. Um, I know I bombarded you with a lot of maybe new words, a lot of intricate details, but this is why you guys need to ask questions so you can understand it. I'll also draw up a little graph and maybe recap some of the main points. Um, but I mean, this is a massive topic and it's very hard to cover everything in a short period of time that you guys will actually want to listen to. So, um, you know, it's something that we can keep talking about, we can keep understanding. And I know I don't have all of the answers and I don't know all of the information, but I'm definitely very passionate about this and helping you guys out as much as I can and giving you as much information as I can. It's up to you guys to take it. But yeah, if you guys have any questions, comment. I can already see some come through, but I'm going to leave it. I'm 20 minutes into this and I might come back this afternoon or tomorrow and answer any more questions that you guys have. Hope you have a good day.